Welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm Shireen Oberg and I'm a yoga teacher and author devoted to the path of healing and heart-based living. And I want to help you to step into what you truly are and to your highest potential. On this podcast, I share with you tools and insights to help you move ever forward on your spiritual and healing path. With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that everyone is here today, and I'm really excited to talk to Cindy Lindsay today. Uh, Cindy, welcome to the podcast. I'm really grateful and happy to have you here. I'm super happy to be here because talking about the holy womb, talking about the empowerment of women, talking about the movement of the Divine Mother's energy forward in the world is my favorite topic. Yeah, and you share it so beautifully. I'm really been so blessed to have found you as a teacher and as someone who's working with this beautiful lineage that you are in. And I think that the listeners that are listening today really will benefit from uh, this this conversation that we're having today. So I would love for you to maybe, if people here haven't uh, read about your work before, uh, maybe start to introduce yourself and the work that you're doing. I'd love to. Um, I was originally a psychologist. I have mm-hmm. a PhD in psychology and wow. um, I, I taught and I did consultation. And along the way, I began to realize that there was something that even that I loved that method as he, for a healing method, but there was something missing there. And I wasn't sure what it was. I started um, looking at various alternative things. I spent some time in Inca shamanism because I really found some depth there and some understanding of their connection to Pachamama, which is their, and Mama Pacha, which is their earth mother and the the greater mother, which creates the earth. And I loved that. And um, I even did some uh, learning with the indigenous women um, about womb. Um, They had a kind of different, whole technology and understanding of that but it was so depthful and so beautiful and uh, they did some ceremonies with me that allowed me to have an experience of feeling like I had gone back to the divine Mm. mother's womb and just felt the fullness of all things that's there the complete everything before creation everything after creation everything in creation is in the divine mother's womb and I and I just felt that fullness in some of those ceremonies and so I was already deeply immersed in this when I met Sri Kaleshwar and I went to India for the first time in in 2000 and uh, there it was just like upping the power of this tremendously through mantra and yantra practices which are mantras are pure vibrational energy just absolutely pointed at selecting out energetics of the divine mother and in and of the whole creation and allowing them to be charged inside you in this oh it's just vibratory medicine at its highest Mm. and so i i really i got really excited about that and then at one point i was sitting there in india um in uh, the place where sri kaleshwar give talks and he started talking about the holy womb chakra and I, I just wept through the entire presentation. I don't know if you thought it was a nutcase or what, but I was just weeping, weeping, weeping because I could feel not only was he speaking to what I had originally come to as ultimately the, the thing that was greater than psychology, the thing that was going to get people healed in some way was this connection to the Divine Mother and for, especially for women, their connection to their womb chakra. But he had a, an ancient technology of it there. He had a depth understanding of it that he was offering. He had this this set of processes to move forward in that energy and to purify and to gain this connection, this huge, direct, vibratory connection to the Divine Mother energy. And uh, it was just, I could feel 
not only the power of it, but the beauty of it. And so beautiful tears, heartwarming, Mm. beautiful tears just were gushing the entire time that he was talking. So I have continued in that tradition, in that tradition from the Vedic tradition and from the ancient palm leaf books with Sri Kaleshwar and Shirdi Sai Baba, his, his teacher, um, because I found that the increase in the power there of what I was learning really not only increased my ability to do healing with others, I stopped being a psychologist and started being an alternative healer during all that period of time because, again, psychology wasn't cutting it. Um, It's beautiful. I don't mean to say anything negative about psychology. It's beautiful. It has a beautiful way of doing things. But if you really want to get to the truth of who you are and to live that truth in your life, your soul energy, your womb power coming forward in you so that you can put out into the world in a beautiful way the energy and power that is you. Uh, these practices are so much more powerful than psychology. And the and the Vedic practices were more powerful even than the Inca practices, which I thought were exquisite. Mm. So that's how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean... That's a, it's a very powerful inner journey that you've done. And I'm also curious how you, like, what was it that started you on that path? What was it that made you feel like, so besides the psychology, you you kind of lean towards the healing and the divine mother and all of that. Was there something that got you into that that from your life experience um i think uh, you know i was i did have some abuse as a child i'm it's not wasn't severe i i work with people who have really difficult abuse you know but i was still in a pattern of that in my late 20s and early 30s and uh, the pattern of reaction to that and i wasn't happy ultimately You know, Mm. and so even though I'd been through all the psychological mechanisms possible for healing that and was living a a nicer life, you know, but still there was something missing for me personally in that. And finding the Inca work helped. I, I was very deeply cleared of a lot of things that were bothering me and physical ailments and stuff that would were uh oftentimes associated with with abuse uh in childhood. And yet I knew there was still something missing. It wasn't just about getting me healed of my own thing, you know. Um, it, was, it was There was something missing there that needed to be filled in, not just the personal healing and not just the ability to bring that healing to other people, which I had started doing at that time, but some connection to the goddess, some connection to the Divine Mother, some connection to the truth of who we all are, And the power that lives inside of us. And it was just a yearning inside of me. And I remember even in the shamanic traditions, um, I was with those women who were doing the indigenous teachings. They told me, you have to find find a form of the goddess. You you have to find her. And she she said, they said, she'll find you. And I thought, oh, okay. (laughs) Find her sounded a little easier. I'll flip through a book, you know. (laughs) Well, I like that picture. That one's my goddess. She has to find you. It didn't sound so easy. But one day I was uh, walking in Taos, New Mexico, where I lived close to uh, at that time, and I just turned a corner and I almost ran into a statue of Mother Mary. It was like a statue I'd never seen. They have a lot of these in, in um, New Mexico. It's, it's an area where they uh, believe in Virgin Guadalupe for a, a great mm-hmm. deal. But I had never seen this one before, and I almost I almost bumped into it when I turned this corner, and I thought, oh, that's interesting and then a little bit later I went to a bookstore I thought I would just browse and you can tell how old I am this is the time when there were bookstores that you browsed and and I I went in and I was just looking around and a book fell on my head and it was like what I pick it up and it was like the secrets of mother Mary or something like that Mm. I can't remember the title and I was stupid enough not to buy the book you know but (laughs) uh, but when I finally got home after that I thought okay wait a second she's gonna find you Oh, hello. Um, my maybe my goddess is Mother Mary. Yeah. So um, it didn't seem Mother Mary to me. I didn't, you know, I did, wasn't brought up in my my parents were basically agnostic. They didn't really believe in any kind of religious belief system. So um, I didn't have any knowledge of her as a goddess. Like, who is she? What what's that all about? So I'm, you know, on the internet trying to find out about Mother Mary. 
And uh, what I realized, especially this forum version of Guadalupe, is she came to, to deal with the downtrodden, to help those who were not being believed and seen and known. And I already I get tears even now. Mm. Because that that was who I was, I thought, because of my own background and wanting people to heal from that kind of thing. And how I got into the whole journey to begin with around healing was that I also needed to heal and that I wanted to stand for those people who had been hurt and help them. And so I realized, okay, she, you know what? She probably is my goddess. And then mm. started some shamanic ways of approaching her. And then when I moved to the Vedic, um, the very first thing I got there, there was a Jesus temple with a big Mother Mary statue in it. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay, so I am not somehow straying away from Mother Mary to come here. This is really clear. And then Kaleshwar gave these incredible teachings on uh, Mother Mary and the incredible power she had as a saint and mm. the yogas, the divine yogas and miracles she did prior to conception of Jesus in conception of Jesus and it and in the years of his working in the world and at his crucifixion and resurrection. And Sri Kaleshwar says um, that you there is no Jesus without Mother Mary. Mm. There, you know, there is no resurrection without Mother Mary. Mm. And it, it's so it was there was a thread of my goddess through all of this, who spoke to me in terms of my own healing needs and what I wanted to help other people with as well. Mm, That is so beautiful. And there's so many things that you touched upon that I can really uh, resonate with because I I really feel like that's how it happened for me as well with Mm. uh, having like no real maybe awareness of the divine feminine being very connected to it but not knowing that aspect not feeling like I'm completely finding that place in my spiritual work where I feel 100% like it's it's like finding this beautiful like unconditional love uh, which is it's it's so beautiful and and it takes time and and it can come in so many forms but for me also it 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 was like without knowing it uh, the goddess came in, in a vision ah, in a specific wonderful. form yeah in in actually in in the form of ishtar the oh, yes. the ancient uh, or inanna it's the yes, and we can see that connection then through and the having lineages. to go through the underworld to get back forward yeah Yes, the, the the descent and the resurrection and all of these beautiful connections to uh, her different uh, embodiments and and the faces and uh, so I really love that and then that it, like it was so strong for you and it feels like Mother Mary's presence has been like coming back because she was forgotten. I just the other day I was listening to a beautiful. Uh, choir and and the image of that song was like um, Mother Mary and it was like a circle. I think it's like a yeah she has orf- this, yeah. aura around her exactly oftentimes kind of flamey things coming yeah out. yeah so beautiful and in this image of this song it's like also her uh, it, it's kind of like she's all embracing the baby mm. in front of her and then you understand that uh, from her everything has come and there is nothing like how could anything else be if she hasn't uh, been like the start so I think it's so beautiful and and it's so healing so maybe it is when we need her the most and maybe she's has been forgotten because there's been such a I mean the imbalance that's that's happened over the four thousand years back yes. from the time of when the goddess was the the queen and and like that everything that people actually looked up towards and then um, the the it was like subtle little shifts that humanity. Uh, became into this this very young you know very uh, kind of patriarchal in many ways 
which uh, does affect both men and women. And now it's it's a time when we really need her back and, and that form of the goddess, which is unconditional. And there's so many beautiful ways to experience her. And I really feel like I can even talk about it because I've experienced it myself. It's really hard to understand it if you don't really, um, like with your own trust, try to work with it and see what happens because it's, I think it's so beautiful and I love and that. It, yeah. And it's an essence thing. So mm. you, you really have to be able to connect into the essence of her into the, because she has so many faces, just like you were mm. saying. The Divine Mother is all those faces. She's everything. She's everything everywhere before creation, after creation, in creation. She is everything. Mm. So to be able to connect to her is very difficult unless you have a form that you're interacting with in, in mm. some way. Um, but her, her faces can be so many. And so I would really encourage if anybody's feeling like, yeah, I want to get a connection to the goddess. She does choose you eventually, but mm. you can choose her too, you know, and she likes it when you choose her. <laughs> so you get it, create and look through and find a goddess that feels appealing to you, that connects to your personal tradition, that connects to your childhood or connects to your heart in some way and start making a little altar to her. And just really coming to her each day. It's best if you have a some kind of picture or statue where you can see the eyes so that you can just look eye to eye because eye to eye is a soul mechanism. Mm. Um, they say the eyes are the windows of the soul and it's true. Mm. So it's a little soul mechanism to look eye to eye and just bring her, you know, a little bit of sweetness each day, like a, a little flower or a little piece of candy or sing her a song or something. It's like creating a, a you know, it's like, developing a love affair in a sense mm -hmm. with the goddess it's mm -hmm. about you know thinking on her positive stories whatever stories you know about her with love and looking at her with love and you can also come to her in your tears and in your pain mm -hmm. and hand it over to her but if you at least start with a little altar if that's all people can do is have an altar and have a picture of the divine mother that they can connect to you will eventually feel that energy coming back to you you will um, I, I know this, I've done this, I've given it to clients thousands of times. I know this will happen for anybody who's listening. So if you're mm -hmm. thinking, well, you know, doing a bunch of mantras might be a little much for me or whatever, just start connecting to her in whatever way you can. Because that energy, that unconditional love energy, that energy is the truth of everything. We are all embodiments of her, male and female, because Every bit of this physical energy, these elements in us, the five elements in us, and our soul energies come directly from her energy. Mm. We are embodiments of her. And until we can feel that energy, recognize that energy, incorporate that energy in our lives, we're not who we really are. Mm. Yeah, that is so beautiful. It, it's so, I love that you said also that, so when you create an altar, you have like a physical place to, you can have that inner altar, but that physical place where you can really, it, it kind of reminds you of it. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. It makes her presence um, much more uh, like tangible and not as abstract, like also the statue, right? Right. Um, and exactly what, what we also learned from, yeah, from, from the, the yogic traditions is that there's different ways you can also relate to the divine and to the goddess. And it can be like a lover. It can be like a parent it, it, because, or like a friend. Or a child. You know, yeah, you a child is not well. child, Mother Mary pictures. Yeah. We're all child. Yeah. You know? And I love that we're talking about this because we have just entered cancer season, which is, I, for me, it's the divine mother because it is, the, the cancerian is both the mother and the child at the same time. And it, it, that, that is the, the, um, the image of cancer, I think, when I think about this period in, in the year. And I was actually, as you were talking uh, I just had to pull this up. Uh, Pramahans uh, 
Pramahansa Yogananda. There's a text that I read many years ago that I really love, that I've quoted many, many years ago. And I just felt like when you uh, talked about her, it's so beautiful because... Is it okay, Cindy, if I read this? Yogananda is always welcome here. (laughs) Yes, it's so beautiful because he, he, it says like this, like an insistent child constantly called to the Divine Mother until she says, all right, what is it that you want? She's so busy with creation. She doesn't reply at once, but to the naughty child who cries and cries for her, she will come. The Divine Mother is most anxious to have you back with her, but first you must prove to her that you want her alone. You must cry urgently and unceasingly, then she smiles and is with you instantly. Divine Spirit has no partiality, the Mother loves all, but her devotees appreciate her love, respond to her love. I see the effect on people who have gained a little human love or a little money, how happy they are. But if they could see what strength, what joy, what love is in the Divine Mother, they would fly away from all else. Oh, I love that quote. And it's, it's exactly the mechanism we're using in that build an altar thing. You're quite right. It is yeah. exactly a thing. Oh, and what's interesting is you move back to about having like a halo around your head after reading that. <laughs> Um, that's exactly it. Cry, give her your tears. Cry to her. Uh, beg her. Be, love her. Entreat mm. her. Give her sweetness. She will come. She does come. She wants to come. She's waiting to come, but she needs an invitation there. Mm. And we we're we're looking for an embodiment of this, which is one of the reasons we use physical things like altars or fires or. Um, washing ceremonies and all sorts of things is because when we engage the five elements which are which we're made of when we engage the five elements in that process then we're more likely to have that embodiment of that energetic in us and it's i say embodiment as if it's something we have to achieve we are already her all those things are her she is us we just don't know it but when we engage it in a physical way, we start to know it in a physical way as well. Mm, experiencing it. And I love that with the elements because I also see the elements. I mean, in Chinese medicine, we see the elements that are in nature, but they're also within us and everything is connected. So exactly when we start working with this, there's no separation anymore. There's only like this one oneness that we come back to. And the remembrance of that. And, and that is her. That yeah. oneness. Absolutely. Yeah. And we just are in a similar illusion of separation here. Mm. And it's about removing the layers of that illusion of separation, which is which we, we call purification. You know, it's a way of mm. separating out this sense uh, or we washing out the sense that I am somehow not her, that I am somehow separate from God, that I am I am separate from other people. I am separate from the elements. I'm separate from that tree. We are not separate. Mm. And that realization, when somebody reaches that, that's considered an enlightenment stage, is to just Mm. experience that oneness. Well, she is that oneness. So as we call to her, as we beg to her as a child wanting its mothers, just as Yogananda is saying, she will come and those experiences start to come and they are exquisite you, that that like he says you know you would just give up everything what all mm. these other things you thought made you happy and that you thought you needed and you thought you were holding on to they become okay those were nice but this this is everything this is it this is bliss beyond bliss Satcharananda, you know, mm, they have lots of terms yeah. for it. They have lots of terms for bliss in, yeah, <laughs> in those medical traditions because they're trying to describe this thing of connecting. Yeah, and it's so hard to to uh, describe. And I really love also that it's so it simplifies. So we move away from um, having just the need to have a separate channel to being so like you have the right and you have the ability to connect back to yourself and that self is from that space right it's just Absolutely. to have that inner conversation with 
her somehow. That's what I always do. If something is going on and I'm feeling unsafe or I feel like I really need support, I always, and I've done that since I was a child, but I didn't know what I was communicating with um, because there was, I think that that language that we're using is also so important because language also uh, can create separation and uh, create this duality, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Language is definitely part of that. There are a few yeah. languages that connect directly into the vibrational notion, Telugu and some of the Indian languages are some, are some of those, Aymara. Mm -hmm. So there's some other yeah. languages that connect into the vibratory nature and have pure energy. But the rest is, um, uh, I think, it, is it Yogananda who says the minute, no, it's uh, Ramakrishna Paramahansa or somebody who says mm -hmm. that the minute you name a bird, you stop knowing it. Mm. So that it actually separates us off our language right. from the true experience of the things around us. Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times in my talks now, but I, I'm since I speak Swedish and English and Kurdish, I see the differences in how we speak, right? Yeah. So for in, in my mother tongue, we don't have he or she. We only have one word for a person so loving oh. it and and uh, one beautiful thing that I really am proud of is that how we so exactly like said, so if we say the word birth um, it's it's not saying what birth is it's just a word right that we've appointed to a, a an event right but in in Kurdish we say uh, from from mother you come or mm. from the to become so from an, the mother a, a process instead of a yeah oh lovely. yeah to become from the mother that's so you would say happy day of coming from the mother oh, I, love it. <laughs> I love it or I love the, that. yeah or pregnant it's to life you are too lived so it's it's language can do so much right and if we've lived with 2000 years of language that is like constantly conditioning us to he or and separation and, and separation mm -hmm. um it really it really does something to the psyche and then of course we have maybe resistance to it and people are not wanting to know about it and and then the whole thing with mother mary how how can it be so belittled like we're focusing on one aspect of the story but th that where did where was this coming from the mother where did that like go, go away so i'm really curious um swami shri kaleshwar how how was his path into this? Because I want to mention, actually, now I should have mentioned this in the beginning, I'm uh, taking Cindy's course in the Holy Womb Chakra. And uh, it's so beautiful because you go through the whole story and uh, and every part of what, what it is. And we're going to get into that. But uh, So your teacher was Swami Shri Kaleshwar. And uh, I'm just curious of first how you how did you end up in India and what was his his, his story and this holy womb chakra process how did that happen? Well, let's start with his story a little bit because yeah. he's an an avatar who was an avatar on the planet of what's called the Daitatri energy, which again is three combined energies: Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva all together. Um, it's a it's a male embodiment, it's the first kind of first male embodiment out of the Divine Mother energetic, and is he was completely devoted to the Divine Mother, and when he was a child. Um, he was still in his little room in his house and his dad was a, a professor and so on. But he was a child already working the ancient formulas. He had a um, a divine meeting and continued divine meetings with uh, Shirdi Sai Baba, who had passed away many years before. He passed away near the turn of the century, but mm -hmm. appeared to him in human form and began teaching him and leading him as his um, master and guide. So he started doing various uh, mantra and yantra practices and actually was in his, you know, room as a, as a kid 
um, sitting there doing these practices and a, a physical form of the Divine Mother manifested herself in front of him. And uh, his father opened the door during this moment, thinking, what the heck is going on in there? You know, that kid's been in there for hours. I'm, you know, whatever. And all, all the father could see was the Divine Mother's lion. So it must have been a form of Durga there who has a big lion. Yeah. And what he saw was a lion in the room, you know, and he, and he you know, was like, <laughs> and he really, he really did not understand what, what this child was up to, that there was a, a lion in this room. But that, that's the nature of who Sri Kaleshwar is and was, is that even mm. as a child, he, he studied this ancient language and these ancient books and these ancient texts and was doing those processes even as a child, wanted to skip school to do it, which his professor father was not happy about. <laughs> And finally, when he could finally get out of school, even when he was still in like, uh, you know, the upper grades there in school, he was already starting to do healings, miraculous healings. So there would be people lined up outside the school door, you know, for him to get off school and do healings for them. And I think it's somewhere in there, mm -hmm. his father uh, decided, okay, he's not going to be a professor now, you know, this mm -hmm. is something else is going to happen. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how that family thing worked, but... Um, so he, at a very, very young age, um, was already um, on the search of the ancient palm leaf books. Um, mm. He was only in his 20s when I first met him, um, and already a saint that to whom people came to for miraculous healings, and to be able to see the Divine Mother in form. That was one of the things mm. that he did for students and for other people who came to, who were, uh, in his mind, uh, capable of holding that energy. He, he could bring the Divine Mother in a physical form to stand in front of you, which um, mm. in that moment of that experience, uh, your energy becomes filled with her energy. Your energy, in a sense, pulls up to her energy. And so the, the benefit of not only seeing her in form, because that's miraculous and amazing and wonderful, and you could probably hear her yeah. speak at certain times. There were, there were stages of this where you could hear her speak or receive something from her. But to have that experience pulls your energy up to that place, that place of that oneness, that place of that divinity. And then, you know, you have to work to hold on to that, obviously. The minute you walk mm -hmm. out there, the world starts to encroach, those, the, the illusion starts to cover you, the separation starts to be, you know, you're, you're knowing. But to even have that experience once is, is a blessing beyond blessings. And he gave that to many, mm -hmm. many, many people. But okay, so that's Sri Kaleshwar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, when I was, um, I was still doing the shamanic work when I first met Swami, um, Sri Kaleshwar. And uh, a friend of mine who was sort of a guru hopper kind of gal, you know, she didn't really settle into any one tradition or anything. She was always looking for the next hot ticket, you know, and mm -hmm. jump aboard that train. Um, she said, oh, you, you have to see this wonderful guru from India. And I, you know, I sort of rolled my eyes, you know, like, really, do I have to? But okay, she mentioned it to me. I've got to go to his website or something. I, I just got to at least get some information on him to tell her I looked him up. Okay. In the meantime, I'm resisting doing that. But in the meantime, I have another friend who's Russian. And she was a fairly well-known psychic in Russia, but had to immigrate to the U.S. And um, she, we, we're just friends, basically. And and uh, she'll, in the middle of a conversation, kind of break into something like, and, you know, the angels will be with you. And then she'll be back to there. And my son rode his bicycle the other day. And, you know, like she, just, she kind of goes in and out of that state in a, in a normal conversation. Yeah. So one of I always write these things down that she says to me, and one of the things she says is she broke into that conversation in this t period of time when I, my friend had told me, but I was resisting going to the website. She says, you're going to meet a man who can manifest fire in his hands. Okay, so I wrote mm. down other things. I thought, well, that's interesting. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Mm. I go to this website, and there, the very picture at the top of the page was Sri Kaleshwar with fire coming out of the palm of his hand. Wow. <gasps> I, I didn't see that picture. Yeah, I tried going back to the website and getting that picture. It wasn't there. I didn't see that picture again for many, many years when, when somebody who heard my story said, I know where that picture is. I'm sending it to you. And I saw it again. Oh. So it, it was too miraculous 
for me to ignore, honestly. You know, it was yeah. like, okay, I guess I got to go to India now. I chickened out on that too, except I had a dear friend who also ended up spending many years living at the ashram, who was living in my house at the time. She said, okay, when do we go? <laughs> So there was no chickening out on it. There was no saying, yes, but I'm a, I'm a shamanic girl. What am I doing going to India? Every, every resistance I would have had got wiped away by this set of miraculous events mm-hmm. and by my dear friend saying, well, when do we go? Wow. That is, yeah, when the universe or the goddess talks to you like that, it's hard to ignore, right? <laughs> and, it, you know, and you know when you have those experiences, you know mm. they're supernatural. You, they're, they have a completely different sensation to them, a completely mm. different ring to them. It's like when you have a dream that you know is important. Mm. It's so different from the other dreams that yeah. at that point, you're, you know, if you get those, follow them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if I you have do. every resistance to doing so. Yeah, I totally agree. And and not to like brush it off and think that it's like an imagination because if you start looking, it's really the symbols and the signs are very clear. Well, and the first thing that does happen is the illusion starts to cover us again after a miraculous event. Yeah. So we smell some in wonderful smell that, you know, where it could possibly be coming from. And the first thing we start to do is, did I leave a candle? Where's that? You know, mm. Mm, uh, mm. you know, did something, did a bottle break and I'm smelling that? You know, the first thing we do is try to justify it in terms of the mundane. Yeah. And, and that takes us out of that experience. If anybody has that experience, just who cares if it came from a candle you left on? If you're having that experience and it's not mundane experience, it's supernatural. Mm. The best thing to do is just sit with it and believe it. And be with it and experience it as deeply as you can. If you find out later, oh, well, wait a second, that was something else, fine. But don't miss the chance. Mm, I agree. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and the, we can sense things in so many different ways. Some people think that, oh, I have to see the thing psychically. Like, And most people don't do that. It's like you said, it can be something subtle like a smell or like a... You can hear things, you can feel yeah, things in your in your exactly. being. You can feel a vibration or a, or a movement. You can some people do have visions, mm-hmm. but most of the people I work with are not necessarily getting visions. They get sensations within themselves. They get um, hear, things that they hear. There's a smell that comes. It can come in any of those five element forms. It doesn't have yeah. to be something that's in the visual range, or it doesn't have to be something that you can create the vision in your head kind of thing. Although those yeah. things are powerful. Yeah that we all have our different ways of knowing. I, I agree completely. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And it depends on how you work as well, because I've seen that in my work, for example, in healing work, it's, the, it, the, it's more powerfully visions that come up. While when I'm not doing anything or practicing anything, it's usually been um, through like an inner hearing so I think it's interesting that you work with mantras because one of the first things that happened when this was maybe seven, eight years ago, I was in a deep meditation and probably was lost. Like I, I, at some point I wasn't really conscious of where, where right. I was. <laughs> That's a good and, meditation. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, like this big force happened and, and, as I became conscious, I heard a mantra. So that was the first thing I've heard. So that was really clear then that something was happening. And some, um, I feel like the presence presence of angels as well can come in the form of music or choir or something. So it's really to be open and not to think that something is just imagination or um, because... W- after a while you know what is imagine like what what are you like your brain making up what is a dream and not a dream in in between states so just being open because everyone has that ability we just if we're open to it we can experience and I feel like that's how because I was in a shamanic drum circle when I experienced the divine mother the goddess in her form so it, it can also happen in so many different ways. It can be through a dream. It can be through a, a vision or a, or a trance state. It can be so many different things. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's very powerful the, because the drums is also something that you can see in 
so many like most indigenous cultures right yeah so it, it's also like the heartbeat of the mother kind of in that and well what, and Shiva has the Dhammaruka, so it's even in that tradition, yeah. too, has his drum. And we talk about the heartbeat as being a drum, a drumming. Mm. And they, they have it as dimmi, dimmi, rupa. Is there, is there the Indian, that's how the heartbeat goes, dimmi, dimmi, rupa, dimmi, dimmi, rupa. But it's, oh. it's they're, they're seeing it as, as a complete connection the, of the physical heart, eventually mm. connecting to the spiritual heart, to the divine heart of all things. Mm. And isn't that, if you think about it, in the womb, maybe that's also the first sound that we hear because we're hearing the mother's heartbeat. Well, and there's a there's mantras that are the first mantras that you hear in the womb as a vibrational experience. Mm-hmm. And there are, and in the womb, let's talk about the womb. Can we talk about the yeah, womb? Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, and and this and the mother's womb in, in particular, a mother who's holding a child. Um, any that is the, I love the you know the two that that word mm, that is yeah, there two lives because yeah. it is two who are actually one at that time mm. you know it's the time in our lives it's the only time in our lives that we are that close with another human being mm. you're actually physically inside the essence of another human being mm. and the rest when we separate out of that we separate into illusion we separate into the notions of separation so to be able to go back to that womb experience in a beautiful way of even just being connected in still connecting in to the to the divine energies the divine mother which is your soul was birthed from the divine mother's womb mm-hmm. and your physical body it enters into the physical body um in the in the physical mother's womb so you have everything sitting there you have the soul energy from the divine mother and still no sense of separation or illusion that's separating you off from that and you're one with another human being so you're in you're in not yet in the creation but you're in form and experience that thing that fullness in form in your mother's womb mm-hmm. it's such a sacred experience mm. and that is, a, so mothers who, there are a set of practices from the ancient palm leaf books that, that are for mothers to bring huge amounts of divine energy to the soul of the baby that is in their own womb. They, they have that right to do that because they are two but one. Mm. And, they all, and, it's a, and it's this miracle timing in our lives that we don't experience again until death, that we are no longer covered by the illusions of separation. We are one with our mother. We are one with the divine energy from which our souls came. It's it's a miraculous timing that we're that as human beings we're not going to get again until we leave our bodies at death. Mm-hmm. So that timing can be used in this incredible way to bring huge, high divine energy to the child. And this is exactly what Mother Mary did. And these are practices Mother Mary did when Jesus was in the womb. And she did additional practices as well to win various things he was going to need at the time of crucifixion in order to move into resurrection. She she won those practices. She won that power for him while he was in her womb. And every mother can do this. Every mother can win high divine powers for their child while they're in the womb. It takes a set of practices and you know it takes some work you have to do some things but that that timing is so sacred and so important and i know so many you know it's it's taken on so many other things in modern life you know um and many times women are exposed to negativity and abuse and pain and drugs and alcohol and whatever you know um environmental toxins during that pregnancy timing and they, I think we've gotten on it at a societal level, at least in the United States, and I think in some other countries as well, that we don't want to have that kind of a negative influence from the environment coming. But what about the divine influence coming in? What about grabbing that and bringing that to your child in the womb? Mm-hmm. So it's it, there also birthing is a sacred timing because it's that time in between worlds, isn't it? Yeah. You know? It is that time when you're coming from the mother. I that, that language is so, so beautiful. It's that time when you're coming from the mother. You're not, you've been in this one, but you're not yet completely covered by the illusions. You're in an in-between time of birthing. Various mantras and yantra practices can be used at that time as well to keep the illusions from 
fully covering the child, to give the give some ability for the child to see through and experience those illusions and be able to move through them in a way that doesn't get them stuck in various um, you know, negative, negative issues of our world, that they have a way through them that is divine. Mm-hmm. So using that timing, especially from this process of the, um, the Holy Womb Chakra, it's taught in the Holy Womb Chakra um, materials and comes from the ancient palm leaf books, doing it at a direct vibrational level that it, where that vibration is absolutely cued to getting that energy to your child. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Absolutely Amazing. wonderful. And the other thing I wanted to comment on is that, you know, some people think the word mother isn't a good word because their mother was abusive or their mother did drink or their mother had psychological um, debilitation or something. And they and that was a source of abuse for them as a child. And uh, Mm. so, you know, that just just that sometimes turns people off of wanting to connect into the divine mother they think mother mm, never did me any good but it's really important that we heal that relationship too Mm. even if we're the innocent and she was the abuser to find a way to release those old energies to uh, purify that old energy in you and come to a place of forgiveness for that negative mother that you may have had because forgiveness isn't uh, letting somebody off the hook Forgiveness is clearing our heart of what happened to us. Mm. So when we get to that forgiveness, then we are purifying out any negativity we held about, quote, the mother. Mm. And I think that's an important process, too. Yeah, that's really beautiful and an important thing that is talked about in spiritual communities because there's different, you know, this, this phrase, the mother wound, and that could be so many different things. It can be separation. It can be abandonment. It can be yeah. abuse. It can be, you know, um, over control. It can be all sorts of things. Yeah. And and then when we do really get into working on a on a level where we try to release the illusion, then that mother is you. And you are that mother and there's no separation anymore because everything is in divine order. And we're here to have, maybe we have a karma soul contract to experience this. It's not a punishment. It's not right. something right. Uh, th- that's le- like everything is in divine. I think that it takes time to, um, and, and you know, the illusion that, like you said, it does take us back and, Maybe if something hasn't been forgiven and you get into that state of, again, it's the separation that causes that that uh, disharmony within us. Exactly. And, in, you know, there's, not only do we want to make the womb a sacred place again, mm-hmm. and especially for mothers who are pregnant and birthing, have that be a sacred event in which high divine energy can come to the child. But after we're born, we want to, we want mother, we want the, we want to shift the nature of mothering in the world. Mm. There is, there is a painful mothering. There is a mother wound that, you know, has existed in our society. And really the change of that society is going to come through the wombs of women. Mm. And when we purify those wombs, we change our own behaviors, but we also change our experience of the divine mother. And when we, empower the womb we become an, a different kind of mother energy in the world and as well we want that through the wombs of women because they are bringing divine energy to the children that they are bearing in their own womb so it really needs to happen on all these levels for the divine feminine to awaken again in the world mm. yeah and this is so important if we go back to so I, I actually um, just finished my master's in glo- global sexual and reproductive health and rights and Ooh, with focus wow. on women. And what I want to say is that when we start seeing the big picture of what's happened uh, from this system that we're in, it's not just in faith and in, in salary and leadership. It's how we systematically have an unsacredized desacredized yeah I don't know what the word is there but I'll take it (laughs) yeah it's like taking the sacred out of 
we take for granted the pregnancy, we take for granted the womb, we take for granted the birth, like all of these things that was once practiced in sacredness and not taken for granted has been institutionalized, it's been medicalized, it's become, uh, and the womb has become under the law and under the institution. So the, the wounding is so deep that of course, women, that th there is a mother wound that has been throughout all. Like, I think us as healers have felt the, the, uh, the pain of all women at the same time. Sometimes I've, I've really experienced that of yes. all. And, and it's a collective disbalance. And maybe once we've also been part of the other side of that. But now... Um, so for me, I, I really looked into a, a part of, of, of this imbalance that's happening besides um, women not having sovereignty and right and also being uh, like systematically uh, abused by healthcare, by society. There's so many layers to this. Oh, so many layers. So we, we, we have lost, unfortunately, in most of the world, this sacredness. And then I looked into also, you know, this death and life cycle that happens in women and women who experience uh, loss and grief in the form of a child, for example. I specialized in uh, my my thesis is about the experience of infertility and oh, yes. treatment. It's a huge pain. Yeah. Yeah, and the care that is given there. So it's it's focused on the emotional aspect, and also of all types of reproductive loss and how that is not th that trauma stays also in our lineages because there's no sacredness left there either, and there's no like spiritual help in some way in definitely not in society then you would have to like work with a healer or with yourself and communicate somehow with this maybe child or or the dream of a child that you have so there's so many aspects and i so that's why i also am thinking and and then women walk around with all of these reproductive issues or things that has to do with the womb so you get separation right mm -hmm. so so we there's no like blaming women for how they might have not been able to be fully in their motherhood because we are in a system where that that is not even allowed almost in most societies um, yeah but when, yeah to have compassion so when you start having full compassion for yourself, uh, you have com compassion of the mother, you have compassion of everything that's happened. And like you said, like a release and coming back to that oneness. I think that's beautiful. And that's why I also love. So the course I'm doing with you um, of the Holy Womb Chakra, which is so beautiful. And I almost feel like I'm there with you throughout this course but it's online and it's pre-recorded but it's really so deep and and so I mean I have never gone into this type of work so deeply although I've been working with these type of things for so long um, I feel like it's so complete so this system is a system of uh, yantras and mantras mm -hmm. and I really I think most people in, in ceremonies that I do in circles really love to connect with their voice because the voice is also a beautiful channel to, it is. to connect yeah. with. And a way of feeling vibration all the way through us as well. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more tangible than just the energy that we can feel. And, and so this system... It's both for women and men. And Maybe for men. you can explain that because I think many people also think about only the physical womb and the uterus. But right. So yeah. the womb chakra is not the uterus. 
Um, it is also not the second chakra. If you go Googling it online, you'll, lots of times you'll, you'll get all sorts of information about the second chakra. It is not the second chakra. It is the highest, holiest place in the woman's body. And uh, it is a different chakra. It is an added chakra, which, like I said before, was kept secret for a long time because the power of this and the sacred nature of this is so high that it would have been damaged during those many years of the degradation of the divine feminine in the world. But it needs to come back now. So we're excited that people are being able to reach it through Sri Kalesh, through the grace of Sri Kalesh, for finding those ancient palm leaf books and bringing this forward. But it's it's the highest, holiest place in the body. And it is the connection to the Divine Mother's womb. It is your connection to your own soul energy. It is your connection to the truth of who you are and your essential power. And both men and women have a womb chakra. Women have it physically in the body, but men have the essence of that chakra. And in order to connect into the essence of that chakra, they need pure love on a woman and on their mother as well. Because that time when they were in their mother and they were connected to the divine feminine and their ability to love the divine feminine in this lifetime are key points of their access to that energy. But it's absolutely for men as well. And doing these practices will actually absolutely purify that womb chakra in a man as well as a woman. And that's mm -hmm. what the, the basic set of mantra and yantra is all about, being that gaining not only a purification of everything that separates us off from that oneness, from that wholeness, from that power in us, from that connection to the Divine Mother that lives inside us and our connection to our own soul. It's not only taking off the layers of illusion and negative things that have happened, negative sexuality and heartbreaks and, you know, all sorts of things that impact that energy and keep us from being in connection with it. It's not only purifying that, but it's empowering it. As the layers of of stuff that's held it down and kept it suppressed move away then then it begins to pull that energy up that vibration up to that state of empowerment of that connection to a state of connection to your own soul to the divine mother and to the power of the creation energy that lives inside us in that womb chakra we can see in women that the the physical womb has a power of creation and it's you know procreative power, but there's a, an infinite power of creation in the womb chakra, and it's there for both women and men. Mm. So the processes are, are uh, have to be done exactly because we're, they're hitting exact frequencies to do that work for you, and it's in, but it's a really beautiful, enjoyable process. Um, mm. If you if you can get into the mantra saying some people are a little, like, oh, if I can do a mantra, I was that way at first. <laughs> I didn't know if I could do a mantra. <laughs> turns out I can. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. It turns out probably you can too if you're out there. Um, but it, it can also be used for a bunch of other things. Um, once you have that, we call it charged. When we call the process of purification and empowerment charging. Once you've charged with those womb chakra mantras, you can use them to heal relationships. You can use them when you go when you experience a heartbreak again. You can use them to heal types of chronic illness. You can use them as a healer to heal other people with those issues. So there's so many positive benefits of this, not only for ourselves, but for then in purifying and empowering, but then for doing processes for to connect to the Divine Mother, to be able to do healing when, when things go wrong in our lives, to be able to do healing for others. It's just, it's it's an infinite game, just the same way the Divine Mother is an infinite mm. game. You have to keep at it. But uh, it's really a beautiful set of processes. And as I was saying to you earlier, there, we, when we were talking just about the class privately, is that there's also a depth of information for you to understand why all that's true that's sitting there. Some people will want to say, oh, well, I, don't really, I, I believe it. I don't need to read that. I don't need to understand that. And just go for the processes. Fine. So I'm, I'm happy with that. You go for the process as you do that, it's, as it's specified, beautiful. And there are some people who want to know. Uh, I'm one who wants to know. You know, I have this prior PhD. I'm kind of one who likes to know. Um, and it, it connects into so many other systems of spirituality um, that exist in our own beings. Your third eye, what's called the Brahma consciousness, which is the inner knower. Um, it connects into the heart chakra. It connects mm -hmm. into the 
the Shri Chakra, if anybody knows the Shri Chakra, which mm-hmm. is a, sort of a map of the Divine Mother's creation energy, it connects into the Shri Chakra as well. So there are all these connections of that womb chakra energy that basically when you have that womb chakra energy purified and empowered, you are upping your game in all these other spiritual arenas. So mm-hmm. it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so powerful. And that it's it's really, and I think that if you really want to do like deep work, this is such a clear system and, uh, and taught so beautifully and in a way that it is definitely, if you have already also started with some type of practice, this really can deepen. I, I, I mean, I've been uh, doing many different practices for many years and I'm also really learning something new here and um, love that it's, like you said, a lot of, you, you understand it on uh, so many levels because we get this huge um background of it and and uh, i think when you understand something from different you know the different paths of yoga like the Mm -hmm. the yoga of knowledge and jnana yoga it's really something that can also unlock something when you start understanding things and um, i love that this has so many aspects of it uh, in one course and i really find it so uh, affordable for such a big course. A huge amount so of information. Much. Yeah. Huge. There are videos the, and there are handouts that follow the process of the video yeah. so that you don't have to go, what was that thing in the middle of that video and rewatch that video? You can go, you can look at the handouts. There's the pro- there's sound files and processes and all sorts of backup materials and all that knowledge information. Um, so it's it's really been jam packed full of everything there, yeah. and for people who I mean I when I came to Sri Kalesha I'd never done a mantra and I'd never meditated. Mm. You know, it's doable. Yeah. It's still doable even if you've never done these things before. It's still doable. You of course heard mm. a mantra in your own head, so you're you're way ahead of me there. <laughs> but I I was you know like you know I came from agnostic parents. I'd never barely even prayed other than the Inca form. Um, mm. So I'd never meditated, never done a mantra in my life, didn't even know what a yantra was. Um, mm. So it's we make it easy enough, I think, and clear enough that someone who is in my position walking in there can mm. still do that process. Yeah, and for so many benefits, because I also love that. So you're, you're uh, working with your own womb, but it's also connected to your mother's womb. And I really love ancestral healing work and healing like the foremother mm. lineage and all of that. And then, like you said, like relationships, your relationship to yourself and others, any imbalances, like physical imbalances, which many women need to work with right now. Um, and then this this part of if you want to have like a, a very sacred conception to prepare for that. And then while you're pregnant, you have the things. And also, I mean, this process is also great for people who are going through infertility to cleanse and to, to like get Absolutely. into Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would suggest it for anybody, even before they're starting to get pregnant, to mm do these practices and to know the power of their own womb and even use the divine child conception practice if they yeah. if they choose to. Um, there's also a Shakti pot that they can receive, yeah. um, but you have to, has to be in person and all sorts of things. And this you can do for yourself and for your own child. So it's, mm. it's you know, I, I can't see any downside to going through this process at all, in my in my personal opinion, obviously, I would have that opinion. But yeah. but even for someone who in the originally didn't know mantras or yantras or meditations, I still don't see any downside to this. It it is complete and utter washing and purification, empowerment and connection to everything mm. that is that oneness that we've talked so much about today. Mm. Yeah, and I love that it's different traditions also coming in because Sri Kaleshwar, I mean, he channeled his past life uh, experiences with Mother Mary and all of these 
So it's uh, it can be definitely relatable if someone hasn't been in in the Vedic right. tradition and yeah mother at least yeah. the Christianity is there in in terms mm. of Mother Mary and Jesus they are definitely yeah. part of this the entire um, conception story and resurrection story are womb chakra stories yeah. absolutely and uh, they are they were created by and only existed because of the power of the womb chakra that was held in that exquisite being called Mother Mary. Mm. So beautiful. And we did get the book also uh, that uh, that is the base of right. these there's, teachings. There's, yeah. a, there's a book that has everything that's covered in the class and even some more things and additional quotes and all sorts of things, um, mm. which is the, a compilation of all the teachings that, that Sri Kaleshwar brought forward um, regarding the Holy Womb Chakra. Mm. And that's free inside the course. It's the course textbook. Yeah, so amazing. I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm going to listen to everything again and read and do all the practices. Uh, so um, maybe we will have a conversation after the the first set of uh, 100 and, was it 101 days? 101 days, 101 days. days yeah. exactly. And uh, for everyone who's uh, really um, excited about this, like I am, you can find the link to this course in the show notes, and it's on the Divine Mother Center, Center yeah, dot org website. It's, mm -hmm. it's such a great platform for the course, I think. And also, Cindy, you do uh, do one-to-one -one sessions still with people online healing yeah. sessions. Well, it's not a healing session; it's a session for making sure they have their yantra accurate. Okay. Because okay. we want that yantra accurate, and it's many people have never drawn a yantra before. It's, it it has Telugu words in it and things like that, you know. So it's 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 difficult for people, but we want to make sure they have it exactly right. So there's one session with me in which we can talk about the yantra and make sure they've got the yantra correct, and mm. and also whatever questions they might have or have had during the class, we can cover those as well. Mm. And once you're a class member, you're also welcome to email me with those questions as well. Mm. So amazing. And if every, anyone does have questions for me or Cindy, you can connect with us. And how can uh, others find you, Cindy? Do you have um, email is great for me. It's yeah. Cindy at mm -hmm. divinemothercenter.org. Okay, that's great. Well, I have... I think I have about 100 more questions, but I think we'll save it until next time we talk because yes. there's so many things. And uh, this is such beautiful um, practice, uh, knowledge, and it's really needed right now. And this is, we are in the month of the mother, so I really love that as well. So I just want to thank you so much, Cindy, for coming. Oh. It's been um, my pleasure. Show. Thanks to the Divine Mother, to Sri Kaleshwar, Shirdi Sai Baba, and all the, the pathway it came to us in this world. So yeah. I'm happy to be I'm happy to be a representative of that, but that's the truth. It's the Divine Mother's energy. It is. So thank you so much and thank you to everyone who's listened today.